Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Like heaven, this must be the dream. 
was formed in November 1887 by a number of Catholics in the east end of the city. The main objective of the club is to supply the East End Conferences of the St Vincent de Paul Society to support those in the missions of St Mary's, Sacred Heart and St Michael's. Many cases of sheer poverty are left unaided through lack of means. A football club will be formed for the maintenance of the dinner tables of our needy children. This feels like heaven. This must be the That's not a bad way to start off the day, Kevin, is it? It's the half, Paul. That's quite a nice feature. It actually bring us back into this sort of uh, this twilight zone between Christmas yeah. and New Year. What do we call it? Uh, there is a sense of it being the twilight zone. You're not sure what day of the week it is. You, you're not quite sure how much of the strawberry sweeties are left in the quality street tin. No. You know, Nain and your is that one of your favourites? Is it? I thought you'd have been into that. Nain, I'm, I'm into the chewy. I'm into the chewy variety, Kev. There you go. There's the we quality street um, gang reference in there early. And yes, we have started off with the glory and the dream. I don't think I've had an opportunity. Correct me if I'm wrong to speak to you about it on a Celtic state of mind, Kevin. Have I? The video, mm. the song, the whole shebang. No, the last time we spoke about it, it hadn't been released. As far as I remember. There you go. Now, I've got to say, you are um, soldiering on, despite the fact that you are suffering from some of the lurgy that is hanging about quite a lot of people. We have had a couple of the pre-records because, you know, people like to enjoy Christmas with the family and stuff like that, Kev. So we had a few pre-records over the last few days. We'll probably do the same at New Year's time. Uh, but this is live and interactive. So get your comments in. I hope every single one of you had a tremendous Christmas and is looking forward to 2023. Um, the glory and the dream, Kevin, I'm going to start off with that before we talk about St. Johnston, sending offs, Kyogo, new arrivals, Hibs, Ben Doak, and various other things, as well as, of course, uh, that canvas that has appeared almost as many times on this show as you have behind you, Primal Scream. We lost another member of Primal Scream, this time Martin Duffy, um, sadly died. Untimely death, Kev. Definitely. Um, on the same day as Terry Hall and Ian Templeton of Shaq and the Laz. And, you know, Primal Scream, they haven't had, you know, half had to deal with tragedy if you think about the amount of people they've lost in the last few years, Kev. I noticed uh, online some they were some people were saying that it was a curse of Schema Delica because uh, there's only three left who recorded the album and uh, if you include uh, if you include uh, Weatherall in that as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's only Gillespie, Andrew Annas and the drummer Pat is it Pat Mooney? Your, your pal Andrew. 
Yeah. And the, the thing with that as well is uh, Innes and, and Bobby, are they're, they're in their 60s, you know, uh, they're kind of like mid-60s. Uh, Martin Duffy was a bit younger, 55 F- years 55 of age. 55 was, you know, uh, so thoughts and prayers. I know I did say it, but obviously, with regards to you and me being big uh, Primal Screen fans, thoughts and prayers to everybody surrounding the band. Um, I know that he has got uh, a son as well who, you know, will be at this time of year. Um, it's devastated. Quite, it's quite a weird, weird thing because there've been a band that I've seen live almost consistently since 1996, mm-hmm. and he's been part of that band. Eh? Yeah. Uh, so it's quite a, a a strange when you when when I saw that you had passed away, I was like, wow! It's almost as if you know him, but you do not know him. You didn't. You didn't care him whatsoever. But he's he's been on so many great nights out with you. <laughs> if you can, what oh, I mean? Oh, definitely, Kev. Like, so it's like, and I'm I'm really really glad I went to see them at, in Glasgow this summer, and then they were absolutely fabulous in Glasgow this summer. Eh? And it just makes you wonder how often that, that these bands can rebound back. Oh, I tell you what, I mean, the, the mental fortitude to come back, uh, not only just to come back, but always to remain relevant as Primal Scream have done. They mm-hmm. were the last band just before the pandemic that I saw live. I saw them in December 2019 at the Barras. Oh, uh, Bobby with his pink suit on, um, Simone with her... Uh, leather trousers it was a great gig and um, obviously afterwards speaking to Andrew about Celtic and the MC5 and various other stuff but we are talking a wee bit about music to ease us back into the Axom live bulletins Kev the glory and the dream we had a wee vision Um, we have obviously um, got this together we recorded it we recorded the video it's out there and what I'm trying to put the point across is it's not just about promoting it for the, for a week at Christmas time right I mean that that just so happens to be the week that it was ready and we put it out but this is a song that could raise cash forever for St Mary's the birthplace of Celtic every time you download this track every time you stream it um, although obviously it's about 150 streams are the equivalent of one download in terms of chart placings but in terms of the financials of that um, it's going to be out there forever more and I was thinking back to one of the guests who has actually been on a Celtic State Mind a few times and we had him in on, um, at the toll booth in Stirling Kev and it was Kevin Miles yes. and, and he wrote a fantastic song called Celtic My Heart and My Soul and I think at that time, I was looking at the more modern Celtic songbook, if you could call it that. You know, songs that have been recorded in, in recent times. Um, and obviously, The Glory and the Dream may well be um, critiqued as such as well. It's not one of these traditional songs that's been out for decades and generations. It's more of a modern song, like Kevin Mills's one. And I was thinking of others. I've actually I've got plans at some point of doing a, a full show dedicated to this kind of subject because the more I dug in, the more I realised there's quite a lot out there. So um, can you remember the best days of our lives? John McLaughlin, again. Oh, fabulous song. Absolutely Aye. fabulous. He had come into the studio as well and we spoke about it. In fact, we played the song, didn't we, that day? Um, and then I started thinking about when they did the documentary, Jimmy Johnston, Lord of the Wing, which, by the way, in terms of documentaries about Celtic, it's one of the best you've seen that's the one where Jim Kerr takes up to the recording studio we Jinky to sing Dirty Old Town um, and then around uh, the documentary they also released a single also called Lord of the Wing and on that single 
the, the, the A side is actually Dirty Old Town, but there's a song called Lord of the Ring. There's a Shane McGowan song on there. Mm-hmm. There's actually a B side on that, The Best Days of Our Lives, which is a Shane, Shane McGowan song as well. So there are a few out there, Kev. Um, if you can think of any others, give us a shout in the comments section. But the other one I'm going to throw in, which is a little bit uh, of a left field one. Can you remember we did a feature about a song called Sliding In Like Migraine? Sliding In Like Migraine, yes. Yep. Uh, that was, that's a wee while ago. Eh? That's, I'm sure that article will still be on the website. It will be. It'll oh, be on Axon.net. Yeah. We were talking about uh, Celtic songs that are being lost to the depths of time. This was a band called Big Wednesday from Glasgow, and they sang a song called Sliding In Like Migraine. It got a bit of traction at the time. I think Migraine was, at the time, the manager of Arbroath, I think. And um, they did the T-shirts, and it was too Migraine. I mean, they were a proper rock band who used to go gigging, but they, su- they just wrote this song about Danny Migraine, Kev. I I think if you look on YouTube, I think uh, there's a STV report when they appeared on the news and they were talking about it. I don't really really think the song's about migraine, you know. That's a metaphor for something else. Yeah, and migraine got into it, uh, Danny got into it, and before you knew it, it was, as you say, on the STV news. So there are some songs that got lost to the depths of time. If you can think of any, let us know. Um, actually... On the Celtic retrospective, which is something I'll be returning to in 2023, Kev, where we review the old Celtic VHS videos. On one of those Celtic collection videos, somebody writes a song and it's played in full on the video. So I'm going to dig that one out as well because I've never heard it since, to be fair. Um, And the Celtic rap is one that we'll probably never forget, but for other reasons because it was so... So bad. So, Kev, nice Christmas with the family, all the important things in life. But, of course, we still talk about Celtic, don't we? Oh, um, definitely, right. The, the festive uh, fixture was on Christmas Eve against St Johnston at Celtic Park. And there was quite a lot of things to talk about in and around that game. First one was a lineup. All week we were speaking about who's going to be playing right back. We were in a situation where, although we've got three right backs at the club, all three of them were unavailable. Obviously, uh, Johnson can't play yet. Ralston was injured. And I actually heard Tom Boyd on commentary when I was watching the game back saying that uh, Juranovic is injured. I just thought he was unavailable because he, oh. you know, time after the World Cup. Hopefully, he's not. Then, on Christmas Day, bizarrely, um, Osazi Urigidi started following us on Twitter, a Celtic state of mind. And when I went onto his page, Kev, we were the only account that he followed. It's like, you know, you're just sitting there and Liam Gallagher follows you because he doesn't follow anybody. And I screenshotted it and sent it to you. I was like, what's going on here? Is he just trying to remind us that he plays right back? I, I really don't know. So we then looked at the uh, video reel. It was like a show reel that was his pinned tweet. And it was basically Urigidi playing out of his skin at the moment for a stand. I mean, he was basically bossing it. Um, he's 22 years of age, but the loan does have an option to buy. So the chances are, if he's going to be performing over there, Jack Hendry style, Kev, is going to result in a permanent move for the youngster. He only made one appearance for Celtic. He had already made 21 at Sheffield Wednesday, and he's made 25 at Ostend. Um, and we, we're, t- we're talking about all the different options. And what does Ange do? He picks Rio Atati. So when you've seen the, the team lines coming out, Kev, what was your first, what was your initial take on that? 
I must admit, Saturday was a wee bit of a bizarre day for me. I got up to go to the football on Saturday and my voice was last seen at the Marrowlands on Thursday night at Mogwai. And I got up, had a shower and all of that and I was really... This, like, this is like a Thursday this. with JP, mate. I know, I, you know. I know. I've got the hat on and the glasses, there they go. It's just, I'm just... I should maybe try and do an impression of him since he does a great oh, one. Oh, he does, and but he does a better one off camera, Kev. Aye, well, no, well, a couple of weeks ago at the cure, uh, somebody came up. He came up behind me, and actually done the impression of me that he does off camera into my ear, eh? And I utterly crapped myself. I, I, I thought there was somebody else there, eh? And I did talk to him on Thursday night as well at, at the Barrowlands, eh? So I got up. Getting ready to go to the game, there was no way I was making it. Couldn't walk the length of myself. I was sweating and everything. I was like really done. I said, I can't make this game. This game's complete, completely beyond me. Uh, then I got a phone call from my dad. My dad had a fall and I ended up back in hospital with my dad all day on Christmas Eve. So my, my take of the game is completely different from everybody else's because I, I, there, were, there, was, there was like loads of other things going on. At, at the time, eh? But I remember going like that. I remember the team line coming out and having a look at it going. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. I can't work out who's playing where, where, where yeah. here. Mm-hmm. When, at one point, I did think it was McGregor at right back. I just go, is, is, is McGregor at right back? But I, well, it shows you just what we know about football, eh? That, that, they can, that, that these guys who's, who have dedicated their life to coaching and learning about football can see things that we didn't see. It's amazing that they see, thing, they see things we'll never see. Never see. Um, no, Kev, I'm glad you mentioned Mogwai. I was um, there on the, what would it have been, the Tuesday night or was it the Wednesday night? Yeah, the Wednesday in Edinburgh. Ed- eh? Edinburgh. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal band. We interviewed Stuart Braithwaite. Uh, on the channel, if you want to watch that, it's still on the channel, and obviously it will be forevermore as well. So, uh, with regards to that, Kev, first and foremost, hopefully the old fellas on the mend. I know that um, when you're recording from his kitchen, sometimes he comes along to say hello. Um, sometimes so he does, aye. He'll be watching the new. He will be watching the new. So, hiya, Dad. Uh, hopefully he's on the mend, my man. And um, with regards to that, uh, we knew that Hatati had previously played games at left back. Remember when he signed him, and people were saying, "Oh, you know that he's going to be the guy that's going to push Taylor for a jersey and all this stuff." I think he had played very much like the times we had played McGregor at left back. It was a proper emergency scenario. So when I seen him getting um, named as the right back, there was no concerns. That there was no concerns, and I think when we watched the game, you could see that. And I think Ange also mentioned this: if he had to get one of his fullbacks to play in midfield, it would be a similar scenario, because the fullbacks find themselves in those areas of the park so often the way we play, and similarly the midfielders have to find themselves in pockets that you know would normally be inhabited by fullbacks. So what you seen was Hatati, who looked absolutely comfortable. At right back, but it just shows you the adaptability of him as a player as well, and the fact he got two goals from right I know back. That, no, I think that's uh, 
the strange thing that he still managed to get forward, but I, I wouldn't have been too worried either if Greg Taylor had went to right back and, and Bernabe was left back. Because as you say, the way your full backs play, they come inside anyway. It's not as if there's a there's not as if there's an awfully out of awfully lot of an overlap game. They what they actually do. And Greg Taylor, there was a couple of times against Livingston when Greg Taylor went out to right back though. He should have swung his right foot at the ball and actually crossed it. He didn't do it, and that would be the only thing that 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 was the problem. But I, I think it shows you. I, I want to put panic, eh? Oh no, we've lost so many. We've lost so many fullbacks now. We're doing to play play a, a midfielder at, at right back. That's going to happen. You can have as many. You can have many right backs as you want in the clubs. There can be a series of circumstances like we've like we've got to where we've got another right back in the building, but he can't play. We've got another right back who seemingly is going to be leaving the club anyway, but his agents told him that he's injured and just to sit there until he gets a phone call to go wherever he wants to go. If you've been really really cynical, or he could actually be injured, who knows? Uh, and so, and you got Ralston who just decided to have one of those games against Livingston when he decided to be in the wars about 10 times in five or six minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens in football. That's, that's a chaotic game and that can happen. And it, no matter how good a planning you've actually got, there will be a scenario where you may end up. Is playing Rio Atati there better than playing a six-choice right back? Well, I was about to say that because we had uh, Boston Lowell on the bench who obviously is a centre-half, but he can play right-back, Kev, and that was something that Darnell Day was speaking about in the commentary team. And I, I, did, I did consider, would it have been better? Because the change of the team would have been Hatati back into midfield and Moy drops out. Um, and then you start wondering, and this will probably come back into the conversation around Ben Doak, if you've got three right-backs unavailable to play, and you've got a guy like uh, Boston Lowell available to play, and he doesn't get a sniff. Although he's on the bench, maybe as backup, then what does that say for the player as well? Stephen Welsh, I'm guessing, is also injured, who can play right back as well, Kev. But then the argument you've got there is you're saying Boston Lowell can play right back. He's going to be a young lad, hardly any first team experience playing right back. Not in his natural position. Where you've got a tatty who's used to the system, who's up to game speed, and who has the adaptability to actually move in there for 90 minutes. And I think, would we, I mean, you know what would actually happen if we put Wall out there at light back and, and he had an absolute mare? Mm-hmm. He would be chucked on the scrap heap because there's a lot of the Celtic support are quite completely unforgiven to our own players that come through if they have a bad game. Aye, they're no good enough, get rid of them and this and that. Eh? So there's, I can understand why he went for a tie. I didn't expect it. I really did expect Greg Taylor to play mm-hmm. uh, right back. I really did expect that. Um, but the tie one was, it actually worked out really, really well. Yeah, one, of, one of his best games in, in, a, in a while and he seemed to like that, the, the time and running for deep as well. That, that was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully Ralston's back for the morrow. 
Or the night, it's a night, isn't it? Tonight. Tonight it is, um, but yes, Ange obviously knows best when it comes to that, and he and he was praising Hatati for his um, his attitude, the fact that he's always looking for feedback, he's always knocking on the door, he's Gavin Strachan to try and get more and more information in relation to how he can improve his game. Um, Abad on Jota dropping to the bench was that fair? Do you think that's more of a case of just using your 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 bodies? I mean, it worked out particularly well because I think in particular James Forrest had a really good game um, and it means that Abada and Jota are, are fresh should they be reintroduced tonight do you think that was just good squad management with those two? Poster Coglu after the game says he wasn't happy and I think Abada can feel hard done by but not Jota Jota can't feel hard done by at all that he, that he was uh, dropped after his performance against Livingston I don't think so. I think Abada can. I think I thought Abada was our man of the match against Livingston. It was a very, it was it was a very very low bar, right enough. But um, I think he could be. I don't care. I get the kind of impression. I get the feeling that Mister Poster Cog was quite hard on Abada. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes he seems to be tough love, eh? Mm, that he seems to get a lot of maybe maybe. Uh, maybe that's just because he sees something in a badder that can go far, far further than what he's actually pushing himself at the moment, and maybe that's why he's hard on him. And maybe, maybe, a, maybe a badder's got the 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 balls to take it. That sort of tough love where some players they down round the shoulder and all of that. Maybe Poster Coglu's read about a badder and went, "No, you, you sometimes need a wee kick every now and again." Yeah, yeah. I think Real Madrid was a good example of that. He hooked him aye, at half definitely time. Aye. He hooked him at half time, probably the biggest game in the in the player's career. And and off he goes at half time. So that would have been a huge disappointment for him. But then, you know, Ange then has to start building him back up again and he has done and he's come on to some really, really good form. But then if a badder was being truthful with himself, he would look at that first half and get Real Madrid and go that I bottled it. Mm-hmm. And similarly against Aberdeen, where he comes on at half time, Aye. it was the same. It was the same scenario, just flipped. Um, we've got some great comments coming in. Please keep them coming in. Um, we've got Paddy Lavery. Glad Axon is back. So am I, Paddy. So am I. Um, as I say, we did have some pre-recorded material for Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and yesterday, uh, but we are back live uh, with bells on. Uh, Kevin. Just passed a late fitness test, and I'm glad that he did. Otherwise, I'd have just been talking to you and probably playing the glory and the dream every 15 minutes so I could have a break. Um, Drew Mack, CFC, get Hibs put to bed early. We'll definitely be talking about that fixture um, as well. Hibs are not in a great running form. Celtic certainly are. And Jungle Lion back in. Um, Spiel the Beal thinks there's only three points in it. Bizarre, it's a bizarre way to look at football. If this had happened, oh. and if that had happened, Kev, we'd have been this and we'd have been that. Total nonsense. Um, it's total disrespect to the other ten teams in the league. I know. And uh, it's just, yes, with Celtic and Rangers resources, you should be winning more games than you're losing, but it's football. You lose games, you drop points against mobs that you shouldn't have. It happens. You look at the game that we had against St Murn, where 16 players that day had an absolute nightmare. It's, and it's, it's, I, I just find it a bit a bizarre comment. I really do find it's, it a, a disrespectful comment. And hopefully the guys in other dress rooms up and down the country will have a look at it and go, really? Yeah. 
see, the thing, Kev, if, when we're looking back on seasons gone by, and we can say, right, what was it? Where was the moment, Kev? Where was the moment that we actually lost that? League, you know, and oftentimes the the two seasons we go back on are O'Neill's last day of the season, yeah, failures where we lose the league, right? And you think at what point during that season we could have, we should have won that game against Dundee that we drew and all this kind of stuff, and you get that, and that's fine, and you're looking back, but you're in the moment, you're actually in the battle. And you're saying that we should only be this, we should only... It's an absolute nonsense uh, approach. And as you say, disrespectful to the teams that have won points against you. San, uh, also, I I read something over the weekend about uh, a return to domination. Seriously? So a return return to what domination? (laughs) Me and you are roughly the same age. I'm slightly older and I've never dominated in my lifetime apart from the 90s. And I'm like, if you look at for the turn of the century since Martin O'Neill wandered up, they've never dominated them. When you have a look back, I think before that it was by the 1950s. It was the 50s, Kev. Ah, the 1950s. And And every other decade has been dominated by Celtic. So that, again, is an absolute nonsense. Um, But then then again, that just keeps the establishment safe. If they keep on saying it enough, they they end up start believing it. I know it's like people. That's, going, that's, that's, it's true. It's like everybody going on about the the speech on Christmas Day and how great it was. Seriously, it, who in who in this planet could think that anything that came out of that individual's mouth on Christmas Day was great for this country? Seriously, but if they say it enough, Kev, it becomes absolute uh, nonsense. We used to we used to criticise the club for it, Pravda. It was proper, it's propaganda. You say it enough times and enough people won't actually listen. It's like when you hear a lot of the nonsense that you read on... Uh, the, the amount of nonsense I've read on Twitter about me. <laughs> I'm thinking, enough people say something, Kev, it becomes the truth in some that people's does, minds. Right? It's unbelievable. That, uh, but people need that. that. That's the thing. They need to actually believe that something that doesn't actually happen. They need some order. Mm-hmm. So the natural order is Rangers are the establishment club and they used to dominate before they were unfairly liquidated for tax that they didn't that they weren't due. No, that's no them that's but that's to keep people safe in their own wee minds and their own wee houses. It is, it is, it really is, uh, you know, pushing a, a particular narrative that really when you when you strip it back, Kev, it, there's no basis to it. Uh, Dan, I hope you're okay. Afternoon from Belfast City Hospital. I hope you're uh, you're fighting fit, my friend. Uh, and what a what a gate that is. Look at that garden gate. That's an absolute belter. Um, so, Dan, as I say, I hope you're all right and enjoying the show. Um, also, a big shout out to the family of Frank McCarran. I'm going to be um, speaking a wee bit more about him in a future show because Frank was a player, Kev, who played um, in and around that Lisbon era. And I spoke to him actually from a Quality Street Gang back, book way back, back in the day. Um, and what I found about these guys who were maybe on the fringes of the team is, you know, they had some brilliant stories. They had fantastic stories to tell. But a lot of the time what happens is people don't go to those on the fringes and ask them their stories. And you get the same, albeit superb stories from the main players. And I spoke to Frank and um, I was made aware actually that he had passed away this year in November. Uh, and that for, for me you know it was just a few years after I had spoken to him um, so I was really sad to hear it so 
I've been in touch with a family and I will be doing something in a future Axon Bulletin because um, it was a very interesting chat that I had with Frank and there's a few other wee bits I can add into that as well. And I've got a brilliant photograph. I managed to get a great photograph, so hopefully I can send that to the, the family. They might not have seen it because you pick these things up as you're doing your research, Kevin. It was a real photo, a press photo. Uh, so hopefully we can send that to the family as well. Pat McGuire, good to hear from you. We should be constantly refreshing the squad, selling by. I think that... Uh, you know, Ange Postacoglu has already hinted at the fact that we'll be doing that. Now, Kev, you know how much I love football kits. Uh, at the weekend there, Shelter Scotland had an initiative which is called No Home Kit. You can use the hashtag to find out a wee bit more about that. Just to let you understand how, you know, shocking the situation is at the moment with regards to homelessness, right? During this one-hour show, Kev, of which we're about halfway through, there are going to be three households in Scotland who will be made homeless during this one-hour broadcast that we're having right now. And it really brings home the homelessness crisis in this country. And what's happening is Shelter Scotland are trying to raise awareness, and part of that was that every team... Um, in Scotland, so Scotland's top four men's divisions and the two women's leagues all wore their away kits regardless of where they were playing. And that is obviously why Celtic were wearing their black and green away kit, which is the uh, official away kit. That's the reason we didn't wear the grey one. It had nothing to do with superstition uh, in and around that game against St Mirren, obviously. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see that one again. However, it wasn't the first time we've done it though, Kev, because I think that was a wee conversation that we were all having. Um, because I remember the game against Hearts that we played. It was 1-0 and uh, Giorgio Samaras scored the goal 2012 and we wore that fantastic 125th anniversary kit, which was the white top, the black shorts, black and green socks, and the other one that came to my mind was the game against uh, Sporting Lisbon, who at the time were managed by Dr Joseph Vengloss, and we beat them 5 nothing, having lost 2-0 over in Lisbon. And we wore our lime green kit for the first time ever that night that we beat them 5 0 um, But it is great, Kev, isn't it, to see the football communities coming together to raise awareness, because these people who are threatened with homelessness, they could be standing in the stadium with you. That's not, Aye, you know, the, a lot of these people that are struggling, it's working classes that are being pushed into homelessness as well. This, this is the whole hypocritical nature of football when people say football and politics don't mix. Football and politics always mix. It's the game of the masses. And if you want to get a message across, it gets a message across. Uh, like what Celtic and other teams have done over the, over the, the, the last week or so. Wearing their awake at, at home, something as simple as that brings it to people's attention, um, and that's that's the good that football can get can get used for. Eh? Um, it's it's horrible when I, I know the Green Brigade have done it quite a lot as well. They've brought uh, homelessness in Glasgow to the attention. They've brought like uh, evictions to attention and, uh, and that as well, the illegal evictions and stuff like that. Eh? So. It's something I, I always believe that football, football and politics are inter, interwined in this. For me, us wearing our wake on Saturday was a political statement. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. 
Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And it was a, it was an approved political statement. statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between other political statements? No, you're right, Kev. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you've said there about it. Um, and I think it was great. It was great to see. And uh, it is reasonable awareness is something that, you know, in this day and age should not be an issue. But it is. It's a huge issue. And uh, everything we can do to raise awareness individually on this show as well, we'll certainly do that. And obviously, some of the beneficiaries, some of the uh, initiatives we have done have, have been homeless charities as well. Um, and a big shout out, talking about jerseys, uh, a big shout out and thank you everybody who's been sending messages about the jer- the jersey book. Uh, got loads of tremendous photos of people who have received it on Christmas Day, which was quite a humbling experience, I've got to say. So thank you everybody for supporting that. Walter Orr is uh, tuning in from... Leesburg, Virginia, and it's in the early morning. So, welcome to the show, Walter. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us, as it is every single person who's tuning in, including our friend Barry McCluskey. Uh, welcome back, the old team. When was the last time we were on together, Kev? It's been a wee while. Um, Big John Hughes will be back next week. Paddy Sinnott will be back next week. As I say, there's a lot of lurgy and people are spending a bit of time with their families. But, Kev, it's been a wee while since you and I were on together. Definitely, I. Should should at least do it once a week, mate. Ah, we we absolutely should. Yes, uh, for for the old uh, for the old timers that remember when it was just you and me. Uh, yes. chat, chatting into a void of about two or three hundred people um, tremendous memories Barry McCluskey yeah rest in peace Duffy 100% uh, but again I'm pretty sure Primal Scream will come back no matter what gets thrown at them they do come back now let's have a wee bit of context around Kyogo I've been looking at um, some of the chat on Twitter today and in particular our very own Alan Morrison who is um, you know he's been a long time contributor to a Celtic state of mind yeah, he used to do I used to do a show with them called A Celtic Stat of Mind uh, way back when it was just an audio platform. And both you and I used to love the fact that you could just listen to all these da- all, all this data and all the stats that basically would blow our arguments out the water more often than not. Um, and he has been talking about Kyogo today. Uh, I find this quite interesting. So he, he's been telling us on Twitter, check him out, that uh, Kyogo converts 57% of all shots on target and 23% of all shots that he takes. And um, he used Odson Eduard as an example here. Eduard's um, conversion rate 
of all shots on target. Bearing in mind, Kyogo's is 57%, Eddie's is 41 or was. And in relation to of all shots, whereby Kyogo's 23%, Eddie's is 18. Um, so I think what Alan's saying, and I'm sure he'll talk about this the next time he's on, is that, again, Kev, you hear things enough times and you, it becomes a fact. And what, what he's saying is when you look at the stats... Kyogo's not missing as many chances as people are making out. Um, if you look at this season, he has now scored 14 goals in 23, uh, scoring or creating a goal every 97 minutes. Last season, 20 goals in 33, um, and his record was every 86 and a half minutes. So I guess what I'm saying is, and we've spoken about, about it on here, the Kyogo versus Yakamakis debate, Kyogo deserves his place in the team based on all, all of the above. Yes, um, I think there's, there's there's a couple of things at play here, and every one of them can be right and every one of them can be wrong. Uh, but again, it's looking in on a picture here. It could be that Ange Postecoglou is, is nailing his colours to the mast, saying Kyogo can improve and he's my first choice striker, and he's trying to give him confidence by keeping him in the team. Second point, which could also be right, is. Yakamakis is on the way out and, and Ange Postercog was not happy with his attitude and that's how he's now even not getting 60 minutes he's coming on in 82 minutes mm-hmm. he's coming on later and later and this is Ange Postercog proving a point to him that by the way you're, you're going out the door those two those two things are perfectly reasonable and perfectly right and but if you look at the stats Kyogo is your first choice is your first choice striker Mm-hmm. But everybody wants to put this narrative to it, and the, nar- the, the narrative is it's because something's happened with Yakamakis. And I think maybe the, the narrative could well be narrative is Kyogo's a better player. And that is the only narrative that us as a fan need to actually embrace. Mm-hmm. But it's up to Ange Postacoglu to bring another narrative. He knows what's going on behind the scenes, we, we don't. He knows how Yakimakis is behaving. He knows what Yakimakis is doing day in, day out in, in, in training. So you can marry both of them go, I Kyogo's the best player, but he's also teaching Yakimakis a lesson. They yeah. go on back to him. You're disposable here to me, by the way. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't watch it, you will be disposable to me. And, and I'm proving that, that. And Kyogo started buying them in again, eh? which is... Uh, Great. I noticed there was a bit of a change on, on Saturday when I watched the highlights. The near post run again, he never made them against Livingston. And that was something that that was something that uh, Poster Coglu pointed out. I actually thought it had been a change in what we were doing because they were hanging back. Mm-hmm. And when we were getting the ball and it was they were whipping across the face of the goal, I'm going, I wonder if there's been a change of what we're trying to do. Because this the this, 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 Kyogo wasn't making that dart into the six-yard box. Eh? But obviously, just Kyogo just wasn't doing it. And Poster Coglu had a wee one him. The big fella um, mentioned it. Kyogo does it and he gets a double, which is fantastic. Now, yeah, I've just been looking at that, Kev. Celtic, my heart and my soul, Kevin Millsy's song. The reason I'm coming back to that is because one of our um, trusted viewers 
uh, as a neighbor, an old neighbor of Kev Mills Underwater Cabbage Salesman, still one of the best names on the, the chat. Um, it's now had 878,000 views on YouTube. That's phenomenal. But the reason I'm bringing that up is it shows you that if a Celtic song's out there and it continually gets the views um, and it gets the streams and it gets the downloads, Kev, it could continually make money for the birthplace of Celtic who are supporting those communities, uh, those within the community, rather, um, most in need. And I think that... Uh, Another thing I would say about that song is I, I was in um, I was in Malone's one day. You might have been with me actually in Glasgow, and Danny Kelly was was nah, doing. I was the, there that day. He he was doing the acoustics, mm-hmm. and within his set was Kevin Miles' song. And I remember saying to yourself, it would have been that isn't it incredible how a modern song has made it into the Celtic um, songbook as quickly as it did, Kev. You know, because I mean, the, when you look at something like the Fields Athen Rye, it took a it took a long time for it not not decades, but it took a few years for it to become a Celtic song adopted within the Celtic songbook. Um, so I think if at any point if I walk into a boozer and somebody's singing the song, or again if you go into Celtic Park and it gets sang, you would be absolutely amazed, humbled, all of the above. Um, loads of great comments keep them coming in Jungle Lion tells us Chelsea are now sniffing around Juranovic uh, love a bidding war between four or five clubs yeah drive up the price if he's going to leave let's get as many millions in the bank as we possibly can Frank Brennan Andrew's already spoken of having to be agile and aggressive in the transfer market Pat Maguire who was speaking about it earlier on and also the need to regenerate the team every two or three years and I for one hope he evidences it right that leads us on to the next point it's a tenuous link, but it will become clear nearer, nearer the end of the point. Craig Gordon on uh, Christmas Eve, Kev, suffered a horrific leg break, right? Thoughts are, are with him and his family at this time. I mean, obviously, he's, you, you imagine his Christmas Day waking up in hospital uh, with a really horrific leg break. Um, now, this is a player who turns 40 uh, on the 31st of December. Um, obviously they were playing Dundee United I remember saying to my missus if Craig Gordon pops up on your social media don't look, it was one of the ones that was that bad, mm-hmm. you know I was th- I'm, th- I'm thinking Larson versus Leo and I'm thinking Davy Boost against Manu. it was terrible, horrible um, and when you look at his career to date, because there is now a question around whether or not he can come back from this Kev um, you remember him as a young goalkeeper signing for Sunderland from Hearts in 2007, it was 9 million quid at that time he was the most expensive uh, goalkeeper um, that a British club had ever bought you know um, he, he spent some time at Sunderland with Martin O'Neill of course there was a two year career break that uh, again back then you thought he's never ever going to come back from that but then he signs for Celtic in 2014 and what he achieved at Celtic 242 games 5 league titles 2 league cups 5 sorry 5 league cups 2 Scottish cups and he's part of the invincible team. Um, when you look at his career appearances, 590 career appearances, bearing in mind he's had two years out of the game, mm-hmm. 74 caps for Scotland and that image of him, that iconic image of him on his knees after we've scored Kev, I say an image, it's a gif right? And in the background the fans going absolutely berserk um, and by the way, that's where Kevin Miles got his inspiration for his song Celtic My Heart and My Soul uh, was that game against Aberdeen now, um, so yeah, first and foremost, thoughts are way Craig Gordon. Hopefully, he makes a full recovery. Kev, it was horrific to see. I don't know if you've seen the, the pictures, but I'll, it got. I'll, 
I have it's seen horrible. a picture Ray and like right away you go, he's forty. This could be like he's came back from a bigger injury, but he was younger then, eh? And he, he is now forty and He's kind of been going through an Indian summer in his career. Eh? I mean, he's been playing great for Scotland and also for Hearts. I think he made the right decision to leave us. I think he did make the right decision to leave us. And we can question our club all we want about that, about allowing him to get, actually go. But I think it was the right time was for him to actually go at that point. Eh, because I think probably moving to Hearts has prolonged his career. Yeah. Because he's been getting that first team football. Eh? Um but uh, the first thing that went through my head was he, he might not be able to come back for that. But hopefully he does because you didn't want your last. He doesn't. He didn't want your last for Craig Gordon's career. He didn't want his last game of football to be that. Exactly. You do not want that. It might be. Uh, it might be, but you do not want that, and you just need to hope that it's not that he maybe even plays one game again. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Just as long as that's not his last game. Absolutely. It, it did lead me to uh, think, interestingly enough, it, it was Stephen Fletcher who he collided with. And we've had so many different conversations, Kev, about the ones that got away, be that Fletcher or McGinn or Tony. Um, and we're also talking there, Frank Brennan brought up the, the quotes from Hans talking about regenerating the squads and making sure that you know we are agile and robust in, in that respect. But I do remember, and it made me have a wee, a wee look here, talking about Craig Gordon, that we knocked back a bid uh, from Chelsea when he was peaking within his Celtic career. Uh, so I had a look at that. It was in January 2017, and we turned down a £4 million bid for Craig Gordon from Chelsea, and that was on the say-so, of course, of Brendan Rodgers, who at that time could take his laddie on pre-season and give him a game. So he said, keep Craig Rodgers, and we kept him, and he got an improved deal at that time, Kev. August, fast forward to August 2018, and we turned down... 13 million quid from Porto for Oliver and Cham. And again, uh, obviously that was on the say-so of the gaffer. And in this same month, bizarrely enough, we turned down 9 million quid from Fulham for Dedrick Boyata. And I'm just looking at those three chances, right? 26 million quid, Kev, right? So there's two things. Firstly, you're saying there is a time. Right, because we're talking about the Juranovic thing, right? There is a time, there is the best time to offload a player, right? And this isn't with hindsight. I mean, that's 26 million quid there. Uh, do you think Peter Lowell still has uh, sleepless nights thinking about that 26 million quid? Oh, aye. Definitely, definitely getting getting that amount of money for a goalkeeper at that age. Then £30 million for Olivier and Cham, who I still believe was the best midfielder in Scotland on his day. He, he, he was a fa fabulous football player on his day, but he was just so hit or miss. And to get offered that <coughs> sort of money for him, and Boyata, in his last year, his contract getting offered £9 million and not taking it. I know, I know. And then what you're left with, uh, certainly in terms of uh, Boyata, was an unhappy player. I mean, Craig Gordon got a bumper new deal 
I think he was quite happy with his wages. And then you look at Ncham, I don't know if that had any bearing over the attitude or the approach that Ncham thereafter had at Celtic. Because technically, and you said this, this isn't with hindsight, you said it at the time, technically, technically you believed he was the finest midfield player in Hi. Scottish football. But unfortunately, we didn't see it enough. Um, but yeah, that there you go, twenty six million quid. What could you have done with that? What could you have done with that money? I, I actually agree with, with Fitzy. It's just came in there. The Boyata one is the one that stands out as the biggest folly. A guy going into the last year of his contract and you're offered nine million pounds. But it came down to Rogers, didn't it? It came down to mm-hmm. Rogers saying, "No, I want to keep these guys." And I could, I can see it from both sides now. The frustration that oh, it must wait, be. I mean, you can look at that, right? That was at the point where Rogers was falling out with Wall. So there's an opposite. There's obvious. Again, you can actually have a look at it and put two and two together and have a bit of magical linking here and go like that. That's Rogers just getting it up. Oh, God, no, I want to keep him. I can. You want that money? But mm-hmm. I want to keep him. Yep. And I'm the manager, and I what I say goes. Whereas. If Rogers was even thinking longer term, he'd be gone. I'm taking that nine million pound. He's not going to sign a deal. Any manager that was there for the longer term at that point would have took the nine million pound. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's where we're at, how, how different Antipostacoglu is when we look back. Um, again, this isn't us just uh, digging up Brennan Rogers, but I've got to say, uh, I was asked on Saturday, Kev. I was asked on Saturday on off the ball because I was on there plugging my book and I was on there plugging the glory and the dream. So, you know, um, and I was asked, and by the way, I really, really enjoyed it. Stuart Cosgrove is an absolute brain of soul music and Scottish football. I love speaking to him. But they asked the question, if you could go for breakfast at Coyers in Glasgow with any cell. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
from previous years, who would it be? And and it was just thrown at me, and, and I said Brendan Rodgers because I, I want to ask him quite quite a few questions about a few things, particularly around where where he left, etc. But I've had time to think about it now, Kev, and it's no Brendan Rodgers. So before I tell you who it is, who I would like to have breakfast in Coyers with, they do brilliant poached eggs, by the way. So go in there, ask them not to put vinegar in it. Who would it be? Who would it be? Uh, I'll let you think about it. I'm going to tell you what right now who who mine's would be. If I could go for breakfast with a Celt, an ex Celt, right now at Coyers, I'm not going to go with Brendan Rogers anymore. I've changed my mind because you're allowed to change your mind. I'd go with Neil Lennon. That's who I was thinking, but only you—you you can, you can, you can take it. You can actually take it. Well, you can um, come with me. You can. We can have breakfast together. Um, no, I no. Just, I, think, I think you and Lenny need some alone time. I think <laughs> you and Lenny. <laughs> I just, I just think, right? It's been twenty years since Seville, almost, right? Uh, we're getting into that, and yeah, I know some people say we should never um, celebrate a, a defeat and all this kind of stuff, but that—that that was Celtic's third appearance in a European final. Uh, obviously, we've won one. European Cup 67, we've lost to Milan 70 and Seville 2003, but it will be celebrated, you know it will be, right there, there will be events, there will be get-togethers and when you see Celtic teams coming together, mainly through successes, and you see the Love Street team coming together, Centenary team the Lions um, 10 men won the league, I love that, I love seeing that, the Seville team is a very special team to many of us, Kev, you and I, particularly you know our age group, I would guess, um, as well. And I just think it's time now, right? This all this time later, it's time for that. The wounds have healed. I just think you know Lenny would be the man, and then the, it needs to come to that point where he where he's revered. He's revered for what he did as a player, what he did as as a manager. And obviously, not just the football side of things. What what he had to put up with and, and contend with just for being Neil Lennon, and I, and I think that would be my reasons behind it. And I'd also ask him. Here you go. If you could ask him one question at Coyers that morning, who would it be? What would what it would be? The, what, what's your question? What's your favourite Oasis album? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd ask him if he had a Siamese cat. <laughs> <laughs> James James Phillips Hi guys Last game of 22 For the hoops Hope it's a good one For all Absolutely incredible We've only lost One league game this year It is Ange is amazing Just an unbelievable job Hope everyone Has a great new year James Absolutely shared Those sentiments Everybody that supported us Throughout this year We're about 600 strong The now Kev Watching this Live It's phenomenal Because what happens is Gradually and, and slowly but surely you start building up what I think you could call a community. There's there's faces and names in that comment section that you begin to recognise coming back and back time and time again. Um, and we try to engage as much as we can on the social media channels and also on the, the YouTube comments field as well as uh, the mailing list, the email mailing list. Um, so, yeah... Nothing is taken for granted. All the support that you give us really is appreciated, Kev. It is, because obviously we share those thoughts privately, as well as talking about it on the bulletin as well. Michael H, uh, Celtic, get the chance to finish the season off this week. Let's get it done. Two massive games, obviously. We're going to concentrate on Hibs tonight, but we do have Ibrox on Monday as well. And uh, Beach Boys, Kevin Mel's song is superb, along with your own. Thank you very much for that. Obviously, the real talent are in people like Gary John Kane, who gave us that there. And I don't know if you can see that, Kev, but that, mm. that is a, a tea towel, right? And it's the lyrics to Sunshine on Leaf 
but if you look at it, it's, it's proper merchandise. It's Warner Brothers merchandise from the Proclaimers. And Gary John gave us that. He plays bass guitar for the Proclaimers, but he is a big Celtic fan. Kev's got Screamadelica behind him. That grey, that black and white one is also a Primal Scream uh, print. That was Urban Welsh in the big Urban band. Urban Welsh, yeah, that was Urban it. Welsh, right. That was the band uh, Euro 96 song that they did. Uh, Seek it out. Uh, just for the Urban Welsh lyrics, if nothing else. And um, just above my head is Billy Conley um, by John Bourne. So that's that's the three people there. But yeah, the real talent was people like Gary John, JJ Gilmer, who wrote the song, Kev, uh, initially. And I love the story. I love the backstory. I love the fact that you know they wanted Christy Moore to sing it. Celtic wanted Richard Jobson to sing it. Um and by the way, I've got it written down on my to-do list today. Send the song to Richard because we interviewed Richard Jobson fairly recently and that's on the channel as well. So I'm going to send the song to him. And I just love it. And it is a grower, by the way. But we're going to do a full show dedicated to the song, the development of that, starting off with the demo, right through it. The version that you can hear on YouTube is version 5 of the song. Um, and the video was great fun as well. It was great fun to go down there, freezing cold, and then Celtic agreed to play it at Celtic Park last week, which was, was you know, it was a really proud moment. Um, Kev, did you get a chance to see Turnbull's red card? Yes. What was your thoughts? Was, first of all, was it a red card? No. I don't think it was a red card. Uh, I, 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 I can understand why they've said it's a dangerous challenge, but I don't think it's a red card. Uh, again, I think it's just Scottish football getting a new toy and didn't really care how to use it. It's, it's like these guys, they're, they're, this VAR was meant to make things better and it was meant to make things easier for the officials. All it's actually highlighted is the the fact that they didn't get the rules in the first place. Mm -hmm. It just gives them another opportunity to, like, another opportunity to get it wrong. It's like blindfolding a monkey and telling them to ride a motorbike. That's what it's like. It's it's quite unreal. I mean, e e even, like, the, the Hattati offside goal, how can the linesman even put his flag up there? Yeah. Three it minutes is. it took. Three minutes. Aye, three I know minutes. That, that's the initial thing, Kev. Him putting his line, uh, his flag up, and that—that's the guy that he looks like Stuart Braithwaite, the, the, the linesman, right? And I remember Stuart Braithwaite coming back on that um, to say that he's never officiated a Scottish football game, mm. but it, he's done it twice to Celtic. He can't, I mean, he's done it twice, and when you're watching it, you're thinking, right, okay, they've got to go through that process, which was a you know a long, tedious process, three minutes. Interestingly enough, we get one minute injury time at half time, by the way, right? Uh, added on time, rather. And uh, aye, it was the initial flag up. You're thinking, in what world is that? You could see McGregor saying to Kevin Clancy that, you know, the, the, the body movement, he actually, he ran past McGregor onto the ball. Know. You know, it, it was impossible to have been offside. Um, yeah. Mm. You know, it had to go to a VAR review. It takes the the enjoyment out of the celebration of the the actual goal. All the players are standing about waiting. All the fans are doing the same. And then there's that wee ripple. Of, oh, right, it is a goal. But by then, the emotional elements been taken out of the game. Um, I mean, what I would say, I say to you, is it a red card? And I'm pretty sure there's people who could say who would say yes, it was. Right, regardless of that, for a moment, um, what's the difference between that and Craig, Craig Sibold's challenge? 
against Yakamakis in the 4-2 game against London United. What's the difference? And this is what frustrates me. So if it is a red card, then what Craig Sibbles is a red card. If it's not, then What it's about not. Stephen Fletcher against Hart earlier on in the season? Yeah, exactly. And the thing is as well, Kev, we're, we're talking about, like, you know, there's a lot of, and, and rightly so, uh, raised awareness in relation to, to head injuries, right? So what is David Turnbull's other option to attack that ball? His other option is to go head first, right? And if you go head first, you can't pull out of that challenge and there's more of a chance of, of a collision with two heads, right? At least if you're going in feet first, right, you can draw out of that challenge. And although the, the goalie got a bit of treatment, etc., there was no blood drawn. There was no, it wasn't as if he's really whacked him. It's like he's just clipped him, right? And then he's drawn his foot back. The reaction of Turnbull, I think, speaks volumes. Um, I think the reaction of St. Johnson's players speaks volumes. Because if it was a horrific challenge, Kev, mm-hmm. they'd have been up in arms. I never saw anybody going to the referee. So, did, uh, they, again, I, I did they catch him in the face or did they catch him in the shoulder? Again, well, I've, only, I've only seen the brief highlights of I've seen that still, and I know that sometimes stills can make it look horrific, right? I've seen the still where it looks as though his, his boot is heading towards his, his face, right? And he was treated facially, but when, when you watch it in real time, it looks more like it's kind of like chest height. But as I say, you've got control over your leg, your limb, that you can pull it back. If you have to attack that head first, and there's a collision, then it's going to be worse. So yeah, I thought... Turnbull was particularly harshly treated. Um, and when you, as I say, start comparing some of the decisions we've had or, or should have had this season, then that's where the inconsistencies and the frustration lies. And you, you ask yourself why the sibled one wasn't even looked at, was it? Uh, VAR didn't even check that one. And that's the one that came straight to my mind because it was a very similar height um, on Yakamakis. Urban Kulchi, uh, there was a great song appeared up on Twitter, words only, dating back generations about the founding of the club. I love all this. I think there's probably uh, a whole volume of songs that have been lost to the depths of time. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We're 600 strong. There's loads more to talk about. Uh, Tomoki Awata is the latest who, are on, who is on the radar, Kev. Interestingly enough, Ange bought him for Yokohama uh, Marinos. He's a defensive midfielder. He's got four caps for Japan. He's 25. It's a loan deal with an option to buy. And the price would be 830 grand. Unbelievable bit of business if we can pull this one off. Um, do you think it will be a case of bringing him in, Kev, and then the surplus to requirements of Abulgar, McCarthy and Idiaguchi could be moved on? Because <coughs> they're not contributing, are they? They're not contributing at all, no, and it looks like like Poster Coggles went back to a market and a player that he knows. So it seems like he's maybe got kinda fed up like the getting guys that he does they know that that want to adapt guys to do the job that he wants them to do in that team and he's eventually went back to the team that he knows about I'm taking this guy because I know he can do exactly what I want him to want him to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it looks like that it's well the if you bring in a midfielder then you've you've got to have a look at the number of midfielders that we've got in the squad and the number of midfielders who are not contributing. Either Gucci's not contributing, McCarthy's not contributing. No. They were, they're, they're the two that you would say that are probably would be out the door there's a bit of rumour with no basis whatsoever about Abelgar as well 
that they that they're going to rip up the the, the loan agreement again. The guy has they really contributed? Has they really had the opportunity to contribute a game here and there? Eh? But you've got we don't see what happens trainingly. We 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 don't see what happens on a training on a daily basis. Poster Coglu talks quite a lot a lot about training being really really important, really really intense. Mm-hmm. Sometimes training's more intense than actual games. Because that's the way that you want that. That's the way that you wants it to be. So again, you'd be quite. You would be quite easy to read to go that well. These three guys haven't got a future at Celtic. Mm-hmm. If he's going back to Japan to bring in a player that he's already signed once to sign him again. Yep. Yep. That these guys haven't worked. Whatever Postacoglu has seen has they worked in it, and he's now moving on to the next option. He's not going to try to make them work. He's just moving on. And some people say that's brutal. Other people just say, well, that's how big football clubs work. Exactly, Kev. And I remember when the, the January transfer window this year, almost a year ago, and uh, obviously what you do is you try and speak to the people who know the Japanese game. We speak to Dan Olowitz. We have since spoken to, to Liam uh, on a you know, number of occasions. And at that time, Idiguchi was probably ahead of the game um, you know, in, in relation to Rio Atati, and you see how that has panned out. Atati has become almost, you know, indispensable to the Celtic side, and Idiguchi's hardly had a, a look in. Yeah, there's been a bit of bad luck associated with that, with the injury uh, against Alawa. He's never really got going. I've spoken about McCarthy. I, I championed McCarthy. I thought he was going to come good, but it's been 18 months and it's not happened. And then with Abogar, it's one of the ones again, Kev, where it was such a low risk move with it being a loan deal um, and it's not worked out so we, we can tear that up so that's an interesting one Billy Subs Grant I don't disagree with that I think we probably would have been shouting for a red card had it been but that's I can, I can, I can, I can completely understand how people see it as a red card mm-hmm. I re- I, I've got no argument with people how they see it as a red card I see it as a harsh red card I'm not saying it's not a red card I've seen it as a harsh Red card because I don't think the the the, the intent's there, but I understand fully how people can see that and say that's a red card. I understand that I really yeah. do understand that. But when I looked at it, I went, "That's harsh." And then it comes down to the consistency argument. Right. If it is a red card, then why is that? Craig Sibyl challenge not um, and yeah you're absolutely right it's a shame because we've lost a couple of really good goals this season uh, due to the fact that there was an infringement of player on offside uh, just before them a badass finish after that was tremendous Drew remember Jota's finish as well against Motherwell Kev these are goals that will not be on the end of season compilation the, the Jota ones the Jota ones are worth one that, that's, goal, that's goal of the season material when it was chopped off for chopped off. no reason no, terrible, terrible. Oh, because the camera was looking at the dugout. Seriously. Um, finally, hope your dad gets well soon, Kevin. I think we all Thank agree you. with that. We will be talking about the Hibs game because we're going to be back on again half an hour before the game tonight. Kev, quick prediction for Easter Road tonight. I think we will have a comfortable victory. I, 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 I don't fear going Easter Road and that's maybe going to come back and bite me because our record there isn't too good, but I think they're just a different animal. I think I think there's something different about us now. Yeah. And, and so I, I'm not really that worried. Going there, hey, on any given day, you can actually lose a game of football. 
you can you can but I've got no worries going anywhere with a Celtic team. I love it. Is... I love that self-belief that Ange Postacoglu has given us, Kev. And this will be the last time you appear on a Celtic State of Mind in 2022. Thanks very much for soldiering on, despite the fact that you've got the lurgy and you can hear it in your voice. Um, no thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I think we're uh, back to normal here, over 600 live. Absolutely loved every single moment of that. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you fancy supporting our initiatives, then all the links are underneath. You can... You can donate to St Mary's. You can download the song uh, where all the, the money will go to St Mary's as well. And you can even buy a ticket to come and see Danny McGrain at Gracie's where I'll be interviewing him on stage for a live event like no other. And if you come along in January to see us with Brian McClear, uh, all will be revealed. It is not your typical sit-down Q&A. There's a lot more to it than that. So thank you, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you once again, Kevin Graham, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.